This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfa, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-hosts, sitting on my left, Starfleet's Chief of Sciences, Rear Admiral Daniel Prue. What's it like being king of the blue shirts, Daniel? I gotta tell you, it's it's pretty fantastic. You know, anytime that you have a problem, you say maybe say maybe that you're having an issue with your car. You can just you can have anybody come up to you and fix it because you know what? Blue shirts rock. I guess I shouldn't say car. Okay. Maybe uh shuttlecraft. Shuttlecraft. No. Well, you know, a shuttle is just really a kind of car, Daniel. <laughs> All cars are shuttlecraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also joined on my right. Or wait, wait, he appears to be getting into the center seat. Hey, hey, hey! Starfleet's chief of security, Fleet Admiral Darren Moser. Admiral Moser, what conspiracy are you involved in today? Look, the you know species eight, whatever, are about to wake up, and I gotta prove to them that we are a militaristic society so you need to let me sit in the center chair we're just gonna hail them they'll totally accept it Uh, otherwise we're gonna go to war which would be good i mean which would be bad so just get out get out of the chair well i I feel like we start stand back there where there's no seat okay i feel like we've started off on the wrong foot here's some tea and biscuits i I feel like this will bring us closer together oh oh thank you okay as folks can obviously tell from our intro um, we're actually going to do some or talk about something that's kind of been a, a kind of one of those fan debates out there. You know, it's kind of like you know, is Picard or Kirk better? Um, I mean, obviously, that's not really a debate. But it's not on Earl Grey. Um, or you know, what what's your favorite Enterprise? Or just all those kind of fans debate. But one of the ones that's always been out there that we're going to talk about uh, this week is Starfleet. Is it a military organization? Or an exploration organization. So, and we're going to solve it, and we never have to talk about it again. So that's, that's going to happen. So anyway, um, I, I, and I'm just going to open up the question, and we're, you know, first answers. So I'll go to Daniel. What, what do you think? Well, you, know, there's, there, you know, you've heard the debate, I'm sure, or you've, you've thought about it, or whatever. What are your first thoughts before we, we tell you you're wrong? Well, <laughs> the answer to the question is no, Starfleet is not a military organization. Uh, Starfleet is an organization that has military-esque qualities to it, uh, and even military-esque goals in a lot of uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but the you know the military, the military of a group of a of a group of people of a uh, of a section of people has a very specific goal, and and that is at complete odds with what we understand about Starfleet. In Starfleet, the number one thing that you, the number one goal that you're trying to accomplish is right is 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 exploration is science scientific based, um, uh, it, it and we we of course we have to kind of structure this in some way. So we structure it in a way that's that makes sense. Ships are ships. You have a group of people in this tiny little box that just is traveling through the ether and you have to somehow organize these people into uh you have to somehow organize these people in ways that make sense right so the rank structure that's what i'm trying to say the rank structure is of course this is how you this is governance this is how it happens in that way and then of course yeah the, if something if the space crap hits the fan then we need somebody to yeah to the scrap, <laughs> the scrap hits the fan. Then, then of course we need a line of defense, but that is a secondary goal of Starfleet. Starfleet's primary goal is not one of defense. It is not one of aggression. It's not one of 
uh, um, of, of, I don't want to say this because it's overly simplistic, but one of violence, it is one of, um, it's, it's more about, it's more NASA-esque in, in its scope, uh, than, and this is just, of course, uh, a localized thing, but U.S. military, right? In what exactly it does. Um, okay. And um, when you're talking about the tiny box going through space-time, I was thinking of something else there. Um, okay, <laughs> and, um, and, and of course, as we all know, the Conqueror's favorite greeting is, come in peace. Darren, so what is your answer to the question? Is Starfleet a military or exploration organization with an S? Oh, sorry. I was listening to some uh, Mozart's First Symphony over here. I'm sure you know, we sent it with all of our peaceful probes that we use to destroy. I mean, uh, communicate with other planets. You know, I if it's possible to f- to fall in the middle because it's 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 not a clear cut. Get off the dang fence. Answer. But it's there's no space fences, Philip. What are you talking about? Uh, the neutral zone, uh, Darren. Have you ever heard of <laughs> we built a wall, <laughs> Mr. President. Tear down this neutral zone. <laughs> but you know, I yeah, I see what you're saying, Daniel. With you know, like the organization obviously being in a militaristic stint, and you know, this is the 24th century. You know, 23rd century, 22nd century. You know, it's all kind of structured like that but i keep thinking just of all the battles we've seen in starfleet and it's yes these ships are are built you know with some pretty impressive fight i mean it's always starfleet that's fighting the battles it's not like here comes the bullion contingent with their you know <laughs> whatever shape ships you know Darren, you are completely i remember the bullion shock troops during the dominion war that would talk the gem to death and darren is obviously your hair let me style it <laughs> and darren is forgetting about fashion is life <laughs> And Darren is forgetting about the Mars defense perimeter. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> what perimeter? What perimeter? <laughs> That's the military. Okay, that was a that subcon. That was a su- no. That was a subcontract <laughs> with like the Benzites, and they're like, okay, you will, you know, it's never going to get this the, far. But the, the artist, you're just going to set up the Mars defense perimeter, okay? The artist like, rendering okay. for what that would look like. Oh man, that was so awesome. <laughs> and that was like when you we when we said yes to that, that was like just. Fleets of like phaser bangs and everywhere. It was awesome. Instead, we got the poodle with the sign that says "Beware of dog." <laughs> it, it's a sign that says "No quantum torpedoes allowed within this zone. Please uh, don't don't enter." Uh, well, they were all just talking and discussing, and they're like, "Well, with our plan, our plan, it will be fast fleets." Yeah, we know we got the three ships. Three ships. Count them three. You know how you know how I could count them because it took three shots by the Borg cube, <laughs> and they were gone. But but no, I think of all of the you know interactivity of you know, and yes, there's a lot of episodes where there aren't militaristic stuff going on, but there's a lot of times. Yeah, but there's a lot of times when it's like I said, it's not the Bullion contingent showing up. With their with their ships, it's Starfleet. They are the backbone of the security of the Federation, and that you know that is the role of the military. I think, you know, I would lean a little more in that regard, except for the fact that it is like we often say, twenty fourth century. So it's not as clear cut because in the twenty fourth century, you know, that's NASA doesn't have or exploration doesn't have one tenth of one percent and the military has like 64 percent of you know latinum budget Ooh, just, earl gray getting <laughs> all right but, all right so, uh, so, so gentlemen yes. gentlemen to your quarters towel off you know get, get, get your water bottles out so what we're gonna do is um you know we're, we're, we're going strong here and we're gonna continue this vein but i figure like any you know um boring professor that i am um you always begin with the origins so where are we coming from? So just wanted to briefly talk about before we go into the heart of things of where are we coming from? So we have the 22nd and the 23rd century Starfleet, you know, whether it's you know, TOS, TOS movies, 
TAS, of course. I mean, <laughs> that's probably going to be the, this whole podcast is how the TAS Starfleet was shown. I mean, Captain Robert April. Come on, guys. Um, or, and then, you know, Enterprise with the 22nd with Starfleet before there was a Federation Starfleet. Um, so just want to open it up just to, you know, your thoughts about, you know, the Starfleet we saw or, or, or you know, where's the origins and the evolutions of Starfleet. And obviously we know, like, in the real world, you know, TOS came first and Enterprise came second. So All right, I'm, I'm going to start. Daniel gets to rebuttal. Even Jonathan Archer later admitted that they should have been much better armed coming out of <laughs> space dock. You know, you know, they were like, oh, let's um, let's have missiles. Yeah, basically, the first ship they encounter was way more advanced. Like, once you go to from polarized shields, it's, that doesn't even a thing. That's like we, you know, we built the ship strong, but we don't actually have Wait, energy shields, did, did which the, everyone else uses. Did the packlets build the? Ship? Yes, we build <laughs> our ship strong. Can I then? All right, we can I now go. rebuttal? Okay, yes, rebuttal. Uh, there would be no Starfleet if it was not for. You know, I don't know. How would you call it? A rocket mission into space. And I don't know. I think that falls squarely under NASA kind of uh, kind of purview here because Zephram Cochran would not have been funded by the military. Zephram Cochran, Cochran would have been a NASA guy. And he was just trying to reach the, the outside of the Earth uh, a system, not the system, but you know, outside of 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 our local. Uh, go ahead, Philip. Philip, you are dying to say something. Go ahead. For for our listeners who can't see Daniel right now, he's illustrating that Earth is beyond by waving his <laughs> arms around. Where's Where's beyond Earth, Daniel? Can you show us where is it? Oh, it's uh, beyond. I oh, got it. Okay. The go Phoenix ahead. had no weapons on it. Is my point. If we're going back, Daniel, to- <laughs> the Phoenix was a weapon. <laughs> It, yes. was a missile. it was a you missile, s- an intergalactic no, missile. And this is okay. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. And you, tr- and you, <laughs> it's a historical irony you, that yes, Dr. Cochran yes, would choose. It is an irony, <laughs> a and of it war. is such a beautiful irony. It is actually, I don't think there is a more TNG concept than that of uh, a, 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 an ancient, ancient, I say ancient, a, a nuclear missile, future, a nuclear missile being repurposed into the first ship that would allow us to kind of expand our horizons make in, money in an infinite way. It, it's one of my favorite things about Star Trek lore. It's one of my favorite things about first contact. It's the idea that we've learned from our mistakes. This is what we've done. We've focused on weapons. We've focused on killing. We've focused on this part of ourselves. And now we've, we've experienced this crazy trauma and now we're going to take this. We're going to take this ancient... I keep saying ancient. That's not the right word. Uh, uh, we're taking this concept. We're taking this vehicle of destruction and moving it towards uh, expansion and, and, and mind-opening possibilities. And this is why... If it, Philip mentioned this as a basis of Starfleet, and you cannot get any baser than the Phoenix... And I think it's just, it's a, yes, it's a missile heading into space. And then guess what happens? He's pointing towards the sky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very, very (laughs) visual right now. The, 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 the missile gets into space and what happens? It it stretches its wings. It's beautiful Mm -hmm. nacelles. It's very beautiful nacelles. Uh, And, and, and it's, it soars towards the heavens and towards the how does it Towards land, Daniel? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's, it's funny, Daniel. The, you know, the way that your arms are right now—that's what your statue's gonna look like. <laughs> but though, no, and that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, that was a historical thing that NASA already did. I mean, NASA in itself, coming from you know out of World War, you know, World War II and such. I mean, those scientists that were building rockets were originally building, you know. I mean, the difference between a rocket and a missile is there's not a lot of difference. It's, it's you put people on it. You it's, put people really, in it's, it's really of the only difference. Stuff, yeah. right well, well, I was going to say, both of them do end up coming back to the ground, but one takes a little longer to get there. <laughs> so, uh, um, but it, and it's interesting because, and again, we're, we're playing in the universe. Um, but, but, you know, you have Zephyr Cochran, who's sort of, a, you know, a 
a private citizen, for lack of a better word. Go ahead and um, say hippie, Philip. Uh, we know you want to say hippie. Go ahead and say. I was going to say. I was going to say alcoholic, but <laughs> um, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going up in that thing sober. Um, but uh, you know, then we go to Enterprise, where I mean, of course, again, you're having to bend your mind here to the timeline. But like, so we go from Zephyr and Cocker and private citizens. So now we're gonna we have warp. We meet the Vulcans, and so what's the next logical step? We create this organization. So we kind of, you know, this whole thing of Enterprise, like, what's the Federation? Like, we just skip over how did Starfleet get together. So it's just like, boom, Starfleet, poof. But, you know, so what's the thing? We set up a, and you know, I'm using these terms loosely, a military-type organization of Starfleet. Okay, well, now that we have warp power, let's develop and you know, make more things in this thing called Starfleet, which I don't know why I called Starfleet. There's, like, two ships or something. So it's more like Starships is really, but we'll call it a They fleet. were very optimistic. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so, but, so you have an admirals, right? Obviously, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously. All these things in Enterprise. Um, and, and let's just, you know, I know we could do a whole, you know, what's warp, that's what Warp 5's mission is. But just briefly, um, I mean, what do you guys see, you know, in, in you know, like 100 words or less, the Starfleet of Enterprise? Um, and Darren, we'll start with you. Like, how would you categorize that Starfleet we see? Well, I think they're they are taking that first step into the role of what we see Starfleet being in the 24th century where yes, it's exploratory, but it is also especially in later seasons, it is the last line of defense, you know, for Earth because even before there's a federation, there's an Earth. There's a, you know, there's a central, you know, point that we need to defend. Um, but yeah, I think you know, they have, they have lofty goals and, you know, I think a lot of that just comes out of the political way they set up, you know, the Vulcans holding us back and, and all of those things. But it, I think it's a natural progression and from, from Zephyr and Cochran to, to what we see in Enterprise. And I think, and I'm, I know I've answered one of the questions, so I shouldn't. I think one of the things that challenges with Enterprise about Starfleet is that, again, to make fun of it, there's no fleet. Like, we see, it's the starship. Like, all we see for Starfleet is Enterprise. I mean, we do see Columbia, briefly. And and then in the um, very good episode, which I'm blanking on the name, the flashback episode, um, First Flight? Yeah, First Flight. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's Starfleet, too, right? Which is more like, or, remind me of yeah. the Air Force of, like, um, which I'm sure, like, today, but more of, like, the 60s and 70s of when you're doing test flights and test pilots mm-hmm. and all that sort of. So it's sort of Air force then meets the Navy with the sort of the rank system. But anyway, but what would you say of Starfleet and Enterprise, Daniel? What, what did you, would you, how would you summarize whether it's military or exploration or both. Mr. Cruz, summarize, please. You know, I mean, I would, I would actually agree completely that it's, it's an organization that, um, you know, it's, how do you, how do you like define this, this organization that goes, you, you start with one goal, right? I don't even know. This was already, they started with the goal that after the Vulcans came down, right? Like they had already known that there were other civilizations and they had already learned all of that. So now they're just trying to play catch up at that point. Um, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I understand. Yes. They, over the course of enterprise, it's actually a really good case study of like, Whoa, can't just go out and broadcast literally our coordinates of where we are to all of the alien species. We have to be smart about it. And also we have to be prepared for any kind of, uh, any kind of lash back that we would, that we would receive. So it's, it's an interesting situation in, in enterprise and we didn't get to see enough of it, I think to really kind of gauge where it would go, but it would be to me, it feels like it does feel like a good starting point because they are still just trying to go out there. Right. It's the first episode of the second episode where Archer's like literally like, Hey, this is Earth. Earth is right here on the map. You yeah. are here. We're, we have never met you before, and we're transmitting where we right, come yeah. from in peace. It's like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> is such yeah. not a good idea. But like, right. So he's kind of performing like a NASA slash SETI function in that episode where yeah. it's and and it's it's an entirely exploratory purpose in that episode. And he learns very quickly that that's that cannot be the case. That, that right. and then and, and I you know we could talk about this for for the whole episode, but we'll leave to warp five. But I'll I'll just close the loop and say I think 
Enterprise could be its own, you know, Warp 5. And I'm, they have talked about this, I know. But that that's, uh, you know, Enterprise, I think, like you just said, Daniel, starts with a NASA thing. And then once you go to the, the arc and end of that series, short, um, but is, uh, you know, you have, I mean, the Zindi War aside, you know, which is a big aside, um, you have the military alliance, you know, against the Romulans. And so, but anyway, so that's Enterprise. There's a lot more to say there, and I don't mean to cut it off, but we have to move along here. Um, so TOS, a 23rd century, whether it's the you know TOS to movies, um, you know, I, well, I won't throw in my opinion. So I'll go Daniel first. What's the Starfleet we see with the Kirk era? Military exploration. It's certainly more militaristic than we are used to in the 24th century. I will say that. Well, they were a little quicker to pull the phases and a little <laughs> slower to pull the prime directive. It's harder to reconcile that with my idea of what Starfleet is in my head. I, I will say that, and I'll admit that. Um, it's not crazy. I mean, like, they're... Point to Darren. <laughs> uh, 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 no, keep going, Daniel. <laughs> well, But that's, I think... in intentional in a lot of ways i mean not certainly not from the standpoint of we're creating the original series and this is what we want it to be but more of like this was what tos was and now we'll we'll make tng as a as a counterpoint to that right like so the the political turmoil of the 60s is very different from the political turmoil of the 80s and and the climate of the 80s so it makes sense that that and we've talked about this before that the 80s is a much more um, feel a uh, happy-go-lucky kind of feel-good kind of Kindler, yeah, Kindler, Gentler, yeah, exactly. Uh, Starfleet. So the sixties is a little is a little more rough and tumble. It's a little more frontier. Um, but you know that that makes sense to me. I uh, I don't have a problem reconciling that in my head. All right, Darren. Um, you can now run around saying you're right. So TOS. I'm right. I'm Starfleet. right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. No, yeah, I agree with Daniel. There, it is more. <laughs> I agree with Daniel that I am TOS. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but again, a, a lot of this is obviously through the lens of of Star Trek. And well, what ship are we on? What ship are we following every week? I mean, if it's if it's a it's a heavy cruiser, I mean, they do war games, you know, against other heavy cruisers. They're patrolling the Romulan neutral zone. They're, you know, like I think. Uh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but the one where they beam down to the planet and the Klingons beam down to the planet and then the planet people like disable them, you know, across the guy. I mean, it sounds like they're the Organians. The eve- yeah, the Organians. Like they're, they're on the mercy. eve of like intergalactic war, you know, or inter interstellar uh, war. And, it, you know, they're pretty gung ho, ready to attack. So, yeah, I think definitely in that era, you know, it's. And Kirk's on the frontier, as it were. I mean, these are all all these first contact situations. He's meeting people, you know, that he's not met before, but still, they're on call as the only ship in the whatever, you know, to defend Earth, and uh, you know, stop V'ger, Khan, the whales, all those people. To be sure, we weren't trying to stop the whales. Um, but anyway, okay. So, so let's, let's, let's firmly plan ourselves into the 24th century. Um, now, and, and, and I'm not putting a cap on what you're, you, you two are going to debate about, but you know, this is a TNG show. So you can make the choice whether to, to keep it within the confines of TNG, the series and the movies, or to expand it to D space nine and Voyager. Cause I would argue those are two different points of view, but that's me. You, you, you're the two who are going at it. So first I want, let's, let's start with the military argument, you know? Starfleet isn't military, so Darren... The right argument. Yeah, so, so Darren, I'm going to start with to you. I'll give you a little prompt here, and you can either go with it or not. So then this would be the argument for, for Starfleet, and in in TNG at least, um, being a military. So we have, of course, the rank structure. We have rank. We have a chain of command. Mm-hmm. We have border patrols. We have, um, you know, the, the ships policing the Federation. On this book, you might have heard of it. It's called uh, Ship of the Line, and there was a border cutter. That literally towed with cables. Right. So and yes. a border cutter comes from the term for <laughs> um and you <laughs> have cut. and you, you have Starfleet personnel being the only people that I can ever see um conducting any kind of policing actions or or, or, or patrol or security. You know, there's no separate there's no Makos 
uh, and, and uh, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's there's no like deploy the nave or the arm. It's, it's just Starfleet. And then, of course, the weapons, you know, those they don't shake hands with those phasers um, or those torpedoes or, you know, all that. So so that basically that's a little bit of chicken I'm throwing at you, Darren, um, for mil- Starfleet as military. I mean, they find a way several times to turn their main deflector dish into a weapon. Deflector I mean, as, usually, a, as an instrument of science. Work. Just want to say that. That's yeah. what it is. They take their shield and use it as a weapon because they're the military. Uh, but... Yeah, no, I agree with all those po- those those points, and yeah, again, I- I'll stick to to TNG for the sake of time, uh, and that does, you know, I know I'm getting rid of my Dominion War chip, but you know, I still have Battle of Wolf three five nine and the bloody which, bloody Cardassian War. and the bloody bloody Cardassian War of infamy. Uh, but I mean, I mean that doesn't necessarily answer if they're militaristic or not. That just answers is there war in the Federation? And it's like, of course, like it's a giant organization with borders. You know, there's going to be skirmishes and the bloody, bloody Cardassian War. But uh, I'd say again, it, we're we're often colored just by what ships are we following. Um, and this is one of the examples I'll give that I I think helps me lean towards Starfleet being more militaristic on a given day you have ships that have different purposes yes i mean you have science ships you have the enterprise which is kind of more of an in-between like it definitely packs more of a punch but it is have a diplomatic you know uh head of the fleet flagship mission and you definitely have you know warships uh you know that are you know like the defiant uh something else in tng but uh you know but you have ships like that but when push comes to shove, like in the Battle of Wolf 359, when it all comes down to it, all ships can be repurposed into warships. Like, they have that default baseline, you know, because apparently in space it's all about the numbers. You know, like, cavalry, you know, the, we're, that's somehow the, the war that we still fight in three-dimensional space. But uh, So, yeah, I'd say, you know while traveling from star to star it, it, they're they are very merit- militaristic but they aren't conquering that's the other thing that it's you know they're not the klingons i mean they're conquering with ideas <laughs> you know the crystal skull yes okay all right so daniel what's your response it, i mean darren's wrong it's okay to be wrong it's fine it's not a big deal it's just you know, it's just okay. So, yeah. spoken like a blue shirt. This, this is this is what happens after Bridgemates, folks. I'm just telling you. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Let, this is why we can never win. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, I mean, like, let's look. Like, if we were to break it down, if we were to break TNG down, specifically TNG, on an episode by episode basis, and we had, uh, and and say we could clearly delineate. This episode is a scientific purpose. This episode is a militaristic purpose. This episode is a whatever, right? Exploratory, whatever you want. A diplomatic, blah, 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 blah. Right? I mean, you're, the numbers are going to, they're going to end up on my... Su- oh, yeah, let's go. Okay, so counter Farpoint. <laughs> no, no. Encountered Farpoint. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Encountered Farpoint is no, a totally... Wait, drop off the sh- the, the saucer and no, separate hang on, hang on. full battle hang mode on. on the battle oh, bridge. I'm getting real mad right now. Encountered <laughs> Farpoint. The- Fire your phasers and photon torpedoes. Destroy it. Not only is the... Not only is the... Literally the... Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Pilot. No. A uh, Q. It, Q the is the moral. name, Daniel. Not only is the moral of the episode anti-militaristic, but the entire the por- not nah, the first the half. purpose the purpose <laughs> of the mission in general was diplomatic in nature. It was had nothing to do with the military. It was like, well, okay, all right, all right. I'll I will step back on that because you discover the mystery of Farpoint Station. Why they didn't send the Grissom. They said the Enterprise with its to battle bridge and trigger an happy captain. Operation, it is Daniel. exploratory in nature. I will say that. It, it, and you so could say you could say that it is an exploratory mi- organization. You, you could say that it's militaristic <laughs> in the fact that oh, what what resources could we get from it? Uh, that's fine. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. Um, 
I mean, bolts of cloth. They're like, uh, no. Can you make us phasers? Lots of phasers. What about the apples? Huh? What about the apples? <laughs> right. I think this. Right. Okay, is hang on. If <laughs> if let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about uh, encounter at Farpoint. If Starfleet was a militaristic organization, they would have conscripted the space jellyfish into their organizations, and they would have been Ensign Space Jellyfish 1 and Ensign Space Jellyfish 2. There. There. He, he wouldn't have just let them go. Like, Wait. Okay. Did you see the size of the space I'm jellyfish saying, and like the power saying. of wait, wait. space jellyfish? Is that, is that Ensign Rank Honorary, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> Is this an official report, Daniel? <laughs> the point I was... Now, now I'm imagining like the little tendrils doing a little salute. <laughs> <laughs> really slowly. Like. By the way, by the way, no saluting in Starfleet, as far as I can remember. Well, it's because you're inside. You don't salute. Anything. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, Jordy definitely snaps too when he gives his official <laughs> Well, only because which is only also in the pilot. Was, was pulling... Was, was being a was pulling what Daniel was pulling what it, it's interesting I would say you know it's almost because of how there's like that dual nature of the plot you know with the, the whole Q part being added after the fact I think the original script was definitely exploratory but a lot of the Q elements while they have you know the fantastical court scene you know I mean the battle with Q and all of that, like the tactics and all of that, like that's definitely showing the military. Yeah, but side their tactics completely fail them. All of the militaristic elements of that episode. We don't have to succeed <laughs> to be the military. No, but I'm saying. I mean, we've proven <laughs> that in the 20th history. <laughs> but I'm saying that, and that's the point, right? The point is that Picard, mm. as our as our captain, recognizes that this is not just about. It's not about tactics. It's not about battle. It's not about uh, of one-upmanship. Haha. <laughs> One up, Dan. Uh, about you know about about one-upping the other side or 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 strategic uh, you know placement. Or it's not about that. It, there's ultimately a bigger play. There's ultimately a bigger issue here at play. And in both of those storylines, right? In both the the far point and the Q storyline. Uh, Essentially, our quote-unquote militaristic strength is meaningless. It comes up as is not. It doesn't do any good for us. We are the most powerful, especially in Encounter at Farpoint, we're the most powerful ship in the whole fleet. And we can't outrun this thing. We can't outshoot this thing. We, we, we have to, at some point, we have to understand it, accept it, and outthink it. Uh, and that's just the Q part, and but it, it also applies to the the far point part as well. And that's why this is not a military organization. It's not like it's not like fire all phasers, shoot all torpedoes. That is an option, but it's not the only option. And and literally, it's constantly referred to as the last option uh, of Starfleet is to do these things. No, 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 no. We have to if we have the option. Let's. Number one, negotiate. Uh, you know, number two, number three, number four, number five. There's, there's so many steps between that. We have phasers. We have photon torpedoes. We have all of these things at our disposal, but they are literally the last step. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, I'm going to tramp on Darren when I do your part, Daniels. But for now, um, no, but you know, I would say two things. One thing I, I want to say in, in your favorite favor. favor favorite Daniel, which has always gotten me to a little bit, and this is just me, and probably no one else. Rank in Starfleet, um, there's certain things that annoy me that, like, it seems like a lot of times, I know there's sometimes when we make fun of it, official reports and all that, but a lot of times, like, rank does not seem to matter, and I feel like it should, um, because a lot of times it's like, hey, Data, I'm like, uh, you mean, hey, Lieutenant Commander Ensign? <laughs> um, or General Stoner, and then it, I'll even choose another series. Someone just roll up like, hey, Tuvok. Oh, you mean Lieutenant Commander Tuvok? Um, like, Head of security? Yeah, I like, you just people just roll up to each other and like, hey, first name. I'm like, I think I like three ranks above you, okay? You need to show a little respect there. But anyway, so I always feel like ranks are a little bit whatever. Um, um, and then, you, I don't know, this is the last thing I'll say, um, will be... For one thing, and, and this is obviously I'm, I have a prejudice being a member of the military previously, um, you know, we, 
at least American, I you know, I'm sure they all would say that. You know, we the, 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 it's not always a shoot first. There's a there's we have other missions. You know, we we are you know, and this is not we have humanitarian missions. You know, so it's not always that you would define a military organization as just like shoot, shoot, kill, kill, even though that is a big part of it. I'm not trying to say it isn't. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying there's a, you know, you can have a liberal definition of military, but that's it. Um, but anything, you, but, but we will move on to the exploration side. But Darren, I'll give you the last, since this is apparently your issue, your, your last <laughs> remarks for military um, before we move on to Dan- I would Daniel say owning you. So go ahead. The trial never ended. <laughs> okay. Is that a court martialed or a civil trial anyway, okay. there's a penalty box involved so there's that okay so now as to starfleet as exploration so daniel i'll give you your prompt and you can go with it at warp nine. Oh, excuse me there's a speed limit warp five um so okay so nasa in the 24th century which i know is very jingoistic because obviously nasa is very american and you can talk about the other organizations that exist across the world but anyway so the, the blue shirt mission but starfleet's credo in itself right the, the starfleet literally Figuratively, I think literally, the, mo- the motto of Starfleet, um, at least in the speech given by Mr. Cochran himself, is to seek out new life and new civilizations to go over no one's gone before. Now, those are all very exploratory. There's no like, and to defend the borders of the, you know, there's none of that. You know, there's no, you know, all that. So that's sort of the credo of itself. How does, you know, what's the mission, you know, to get a little Dilbert, you know, what's the mission statement of Starfleet? What is the goals of Starfleet? And so, so Daniel, go from there and give us your, 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 Perfect explanation of why Starfleet is an exploratory organization. You you want to know? I mean, I don't want to handle. I, I don't want to completely shut down this argument and totally win right now, but I'm about to. Well, I would remind you, blue shirts are not in command. But go ahead. It's fine. That's totally okay. You want? Is this an official report, <laughs> Daniel? You want to know what the purpose of Starfleet is, right? You want to know what the mantra, the the the. The goal, what Starfleet stands for. That's what you're asking for, Philip? Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I have a few stanzas for you. And if you'll indulge me, uh, both Darren and Philip. I've prepared a haiku, but stanza right. away. A few stanzas, I said, right? So basically what it is, is how it works is in Star Trek, space is the final frontier, right? And 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 what we experience are the voyages of the starship, enter your starship name here, um, which which is, its continuing mission, its continuing mission is to explore strange new worlds. It's also to seek out new life and to explore. <laughs> I mean, I could continue. I could continue. I could continue. You know who else was an explorer? DeSoto, <laughs> Hernandez. Columbus, <laughs> shall I go on? <laughs> but my time is finally near. That was good. I'm surprised you kept a straight face for as much of that as you did. <laughs> you know, it's to boldly go where no one has gone before. It's not. Look, this is a silly argument to me because. There are there are militaristic elements. You can do your own episode later, Daniel. Okay? <laughs> there are militaristic elements of Starfleet, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, and the edit cut here. Episode over. But to, but to argue that it is a militaristic organization misses the entire point, like from the foundation up. It is not. It is not in any way a militaristic organization. I mean, of course, it has militaristic elements. I'm ex- I accept that. I agree with that. But no, the, the foundation, what it is as an organization, what is it about, it said, is said from the very first pilot episode of TOS on until the last episode I know people like to refuse this as the last episode, but you know, as until the last episode of, of enterprise, no, no, it's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations and to boldly go where no one has gone before. And if you can point out a military on anywhere that we are aware of that has that mission statement, then I will concede to you that Starfleet is a military, a military organization. 
And until you can do that, I refuse to accept that Starfleet is military. Boom. I just dropped the mic. I'm done. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. I'm looking at the space shuttle. What does it say? U.S. Air Force. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, Darren, uh, go, what's, what's your response Look, to that? Okay. To, that, to Dan when, Blue. When Zephyrin Cochran shot I love how that like, everyone Vulcan. is name-dropping Cochran every five <laughs> when, minutes. When like, Zephyrin Cochran shot winner. that Vulcan dead for setting foot <laughs> on, on Earth's territory. And then when Empress Sato expanded the empire as she should have, killing all those aliens that had taken over the enterprise. I mean, just, I mean, as we watch the voyages of the ISS enterprise, it really, I can't see how you can not think this is military. Oh, Oh, I'm just getting a note. Oh, this that's, Oh, that's the mil- That's the mirror universe. Isn't it? Oh, well, my entire premise just kind of went out well, the airlock. <laughs> well, here, here's the. I mean, this is, and again, this is just a fun argument. But like, it's, it's, um, you know, because Daniel said that it's an exploratory organization with military. But how can it not be a military organization with exploratory features? Exactly. It's, it's the same side. Your you military know, fell into my exploration. Point. Your exploration fell into my military. <laughs> the chemical X. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, and you know, you know what's my favorite science vessel? The Defiant. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's so overpowered <laughs> oh, with science. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they're, they're just there to seek out. Isn't that their job, oh. Daniel? To, that Defiant is to seek out new life? <laughs> well, it and... does all those cloak experiments. It deployed that, you know, minefield? communications array. <laughs> And the minefield <laughs> for exploratory purposes. Let's not talk about the. <laughs> let's not talk about the defiant because you know it's just going to upset me. Because you know, in Achilles' heel, Darren is the small part. So you just go after Daniel with the small. <laughs> well, then you just fly another ship into that ship <laughs> and do the science inside the ship. Oh, uh, for every Oberth yes. class you got, Daniel. There. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes, no, I think. I think Dan- yeah no Daniel obviously has the upper hand as I think he's much more right overall that Starfleet is its credo which therefore its its definition of what its bounding principles are is exploration um, but as like I said in the very beginning Archer does quickly find out you know scan softly and carry a big phaser rifle is apparently the mantra that they have to establish in the great big galaxy. Um, especially in the 24th century. You know, and, and can I say too that I think that the idea of Starfleet as, as this scientific and, and exploratory uh, organization is much more Star Trek than, than anything else, than this idea that it is just this mm. pew-pew lasers, you know, you know, shields and torpedoes. It's... Of course, we like those things, and I like those things too. I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> say that I don't. I like those things because they're exciting and dramatic. But, but it it falls in line with what we like. I think, you know, not to be too presumptuous, but what what we like about the 24th century, what we like about TNG is that the fact that it's like, no, it's aspirational. It's inspirational. It's it shows us that. We can be, we don't have to be aggressive. We can be, we can be diplomatic and we can find this common ground. And if Starfleet is just a military, then it's just, you know, hang on. We were to replace Star Trek, like Star Adventure or, or, or Star Quest or, or Star something with something that was more militaristic. How would we define that? Like Star Battles? Colony? Star or Galactica, Star, Gal- Star Galactica, maybe like that's my point. Like, this is what makes it's like making the argument. You mean, that- you mean like a battle star? <laughs> that's what you're talking about. This is right? what makes it's like a, like a well, it's almost just like it's almost like making the argument that the USS Roger Young in Starship Troopers was on a mission of peace and exploration. It's like, no, that those ships in that movie were a military, like a pure military. And that's not what Star Trek. Yeah, they just pulled their Doctor Sci-Fi. And 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 I think that's essentially. And this is why I'm so defensive about this concept, is that Star Trek is a trek. It's not a war. It's 
It's not a Star it's Wars. It's not. And I love Star Wars. And then so like you're some kind of astronaut on some kind of <laughs> Exactly. He calls them he doesn't call them soldiers. And you, and you know who said that? Astronauts. That from Cochran. <laughs> Was that before or after he shot the Rom- the the Vulcan? <laughs> I will defend this. I honestly, oh, okay, I, okay. I feel very strongly about this point. <laughs> I will defend this to my death. Honestly, Star. This is what sets Star Trek apart. This is why Star Trek is important because it's not just pew 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 laser battle. It's so much more. It's what can we do? How do we become more than that? How can we become more than hitting ourselves on the on the head with sticks? And, and yes. I think it's interesting. His army of evil. Yeah, and, and I hope you edit that, Darren, where when he says pew pew with actual laser <laughs> shots. Um, um, but I Lasers? Think- <laughs> that's not going to do anything against our shields. <laughs> How quaint. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at what qualities and, and expertise do our favorite, you know, TNG, of course, um, people have. And, and, you know, we look at, at all the characters that have to have some science background. Or, 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 or not even science, but at least engineering. I mean, you know, that's not, mm. I mean, just a kind of science I know, but, but you know what I'm talking about. Blue or yellow shirt, you know. Um, that, you know, even, even Picard has to be like, well, if I remember my freshman biology, you know, well, you know, that there's always that, that sort of like. They all took the classes that everyone else took, so they all know everything. Exactly. Well, when I took that junior abridged semester in quantum singularity, <laughs> hey, that you, which just so happened, I'm using it this week. You, you, that's how you can become, uh, you know, the nurse just with two semesters of biology. Of the Unlike academy. nowadays where we never use our degrees. <laughs> no, but, but the, you know, the reverse that obviously um, commanders, you know, with a cap, you know, all the red shirts that, that, and, and obviously the security people too. There's only one commander. We know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but you know, they have to have tactical knowledge, but that's not a universal quality. You know, if, if, and uh, you're following me, you know, science, and I'm using that broadly engineering operations, you know, is sort of a universal quality for all of Starfleet officers, but the, the tactical, the, the strategery, if you will, is, is sort of almost just a red short shirt or, or gold shirt, if you will, for the security folks, you know, quality. And so, you know, Picard and Riker are tacticians, are strategic thinkers. Um, of course, they're in charge because, hey, when you're helming the thing that has the all the weapons, that's what you do. But, you know, so that that's sort of, you can see that back and forth. Um, but uh, I don't know, any, any, let me see, let's see. I guess the last thing I'll harp on is just something, because we're about at the end here, but are there times when TNG reflects on itself? And, and this is what I'm talking about, sort of the bad morals. And we already talked about that, I know. Um, you know, it often, you know, as I made fun in the beginning with, with Darren, but, like, it seems sometimes the admirals, whether it's the intel folks or the security folks, that they are very military. Like, like the brass mm. seems very military. There's not a lot of... You know, you don't look at a lot of admirals and be like, they're all about the science and exploration. You know, you know. So, it, what do y'all think that's about? Because that's that's Starfleet, right? As in as TNG, they're only about the science and old man's fantasies. So, <laughs> by the way, I was I was watching the Best of Worlds Part One with with my lady, and and she even she was like, "What the?" At that remark, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we we talk about that." But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Tune in to Earl Grey episode 22 to hear us discuss that particular moment in Star Trek history. But Dan, what, what would you say about the admirals who, who, who seem very militaristic? Well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, we don't have really a good... I mean, I can't think of a positive... Well, yeah, yeah. Pick up that mic you dropped, Daniel, and, and answer that question. <laughs> I can't think of a positive... I mean, we literally call them badmirals. Yeah, I can't think of a positive... <laughs> admiral in general especially in tng that we can talk about like so it's tough because all of the bad all of the admirals that we talk about are just bad people and just now now daniel i've heard you say good things about nechev i don't hate nechev wow wow that's how we go with admirals (laughs) (laughs) hate and not hate there's yeah i don't not not hate them Um, I liked Admiral Janeway's appearance in Nemesis. Did you, Daniel, or are you just saying that to suck up right now? I think think you're lying. Um, Um, Because, you know, and and, and, 
again, this is just a fun argument. There's, there's, and, or Daniel's just right. Either one of those. Um, that that you know, just like any organization, whether it's a, a political organization where it's the prime minister, or the president, or the monarch, or whatever, you know, with with the Starfleet. Presumptively, the head of Starfleet, which we've never actually – I don't know. Did we ever actually see in TNG? Maybe conspiracy. But I don't know if we ever saw like, here's the head of Starfleet in Next Generation, unless it was in conspiracy. But that was such a, a brief, you know, hey, here's three admirals and all of Starfleet. Um, so we never got like a representative. Uh, but so the admirals are, you know, theoretically representatives of Starfleet. and So you sort of get those cross-purposes, so – Okay, I've I've babbled enough here. So we're just <laughs> going to do final thoughts. Anything else? We'll have Daniel last, so we can do his little cute victory dance. Um, so Darren, what, what's your, what are your last thoughts about this fan argument that that will rage on in the bulletin board services? <laughs> they still have those, right? Um, you know what what what's what's going on here? Well, yeah, like you said, you know about the admirals. Maybe some of those in TNG are holdover from what we see in TOS. I mean, just. The events of Star Trek Six. I mean, those are about old admirals that can't give up war. You know, I mean that. And you know, when Benjamin Sisko's dad just what he did, it was just unexcusable. But, um, no, no, no. But yeah, no. I think uh, I I definitely feel Daniel Daniel's won this round uh, because it is really. I mean, you can argue till you're blue in the shirt, uh. but. Uh, but that's a bullying reference yeah, too. It <laughs> they all look the same. Uh, but that you know it it is what Starfleet is. It is how we've heard it set up. You know that to to boldly go, and that's what like I know I agree with Daniel. That's what drew me to to Star Trek. You know that it's why it's different. It's not you know all about death or strategy or you know yes you need those dramatic elements in any good story. There's going to be conflict. There's literally no conflict. It's like, what's that Futurama episode? The, the Bayesians are like, it's a beige alert, you know, and there's just the neutral ends. It's like, no, that's, that's lame. You know, we need some sort of conflict, but if we let that conflict change our people into becoming a full on military, you know, then it wouldn't be Star Trek. And then, and so Daniel, I'm going to prompt you up here because you're going to get the last word here. Um, so you know, we have all of, of TNG, and then we have the movies, which you know it, they are, of course, what they are. All um, three movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we and we count that differently. <laughs> um, but then you have, of course, Deep Space Nine, as um, you know, it explores the Gamma Quadrant. I don't want I don't want to short shrift that. Um, and of course, you have the Bajoran mission. Is that exploration or military? I can see both of that argument. Um, but then, of course, the Dominion War. You have Voyager, certainly, you know, they're very exploratory, I would argue, you know. And then you sort of have... And their every- conquest through the stars. Exactly. So, so, so I'm giving you all of Star Trek right now, Daniel, um, and, and just Starfleet in particular, but kind of what would be your argument to to people who say, well, you know, this one's very and so. But anyway, all of Star Trek, this is the last word. Daniel Prue of Earl Grey and of Star trek is Starfleet military or exploration? <laughs> I will answer that question, Philip. Um, but before I do that, I need you to answer a question for me. Is this how I get across the bridge? Okay, African or Europe? <laughs> no, because you know what? You've, you, because you've been hosting the show, you really haven't had much to say. But I'm curious. I'll definitely finish out. Don't you worry. But, but where do you fall on the spectrum? You've, you've just kind of been laying in the middle here. But as the only member of Earl Grey, who has ever served in a military capacity. Uh, why, why don't you tell us what you think? That's right. I expect everyone to buy me coffee on veterans. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and for those who don't know, I was in the United States Army, both in active duty and uh, in reserve, and was uh, in combat operations and uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but the point is. Um, so that's just my... Um, yeah, you know, I... I mean, I, 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 I always play devil's advocate that, you know, at least in an American history, too many times. And, and Star Trek has tackled this. This is not just me being um, – I'm not cynical. But, but, but you know, like too many times the, 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 the explorers have said we come in peace. We are not – we, we merely have weapons for defense and, of course, roll over everything. Um, and so I always – you know, I do that devil's argument with Starfleet, which, of course, I don't necessarily believe. But there's certain races who have made that argument to Starfleet in Star Trek. 
Um, but no, yeah, I mean, military, yeah, because at least in the United States Army, of course, it's, it's the Army, you know, of course, the Marines, Air Force, everything else. You know, there, there's not necessarily a lot of, you know, science and exploring um, in the Army. I mean, there is to an extent. I mean, there are uh, people in the Army and NASA, not a lot, admittedly, but there are some. You can do that. That, that is a, a thing you can do. Um, but, of course, the Army is, you know, to fight and win the nation's wars. That's at least the United States one. So, yeah, as you said, you know, to, what's what's the credo? Of, of Starfleet. Um, and so to me, because I don't see that it's a very strict rank structure. I mean, you know, every now and then someone gets called to the carpet, whether it's Data telling Worf to, you know, get 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 up or to get transferred, you know, one of those, or or even um, Picard, you know, telling Riker, you know, he's an admiral, I'm a captain, you know, so there, there's, there's, there's elements to it, um, that chain of command. But no, I think you're right. Look, the, the, the mission of a military, and I guess this is what you would be dogmatic about it, you know, what is the purpose of a military? It's it's to, I would argue, uh, fight and win wars. Now, that could be a very liberal thing because you can fight win wars through uh, humanitarian missions, through through helping others, through building alliances. You know, it's a very liberal way. To, it's not just point and kill kinetic operations, as we would say. Um, you know, so that's, it's going to be liberal. But, of course, you know, that's 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 not necessarily the bag that Starfleet is playing with. Um but but it, I think one thing that always is a struggle for me with, with Starfleet, especially in Deep Space Nine, is that they're soldiers. That that you know, like Chief O'Brien in in the bloody bloody Cardassian War, he was a soldier. Um, in Deep Space Nine during the Dominion War, those are soldiers that are Starfleet. Like there's not like like I almost wish there were Makos. Like to me, that would maybe make sense. Um, so I think that's one thing that does, this always sometimes troubles me that it doesn't make sense that these people who graduate from the academy these science engineering folks are also like oh there's a war y'all are soldiers now i'm like they're trained to do that but anyway so that but that would argue with you daniel that i don't think they're trained to do that and so like i think we need a star me or something so but anyway but so that's a long way of saying daniel that, that i agree with you um based based on like i said the mission statement itself and then and the actions for the most part i don't think starfleet is necessarily very imperialistic i mean i don't think so i suppose the senate could say they are um you know as the as the as the uh, quark and garrick would say that they're what's the word they use for the root beer in insidious insidious <laughs> so anyway but anyway so that those are my thoughts daniel well i mean i <clears throat> I appreciate that, Philip, and I and let it be known for the record that both Darren and Philip have now said that I am right and that they agree with essentially my point that Starfleet is essentially an, an exploratory uh, organization. I'm 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 teasing them. I am teasing them, of course. But um, no, it, I think it was Philip that brought up how does Voyager stack against Deep Space Nine. And I, I'll be totally honest with you guys and with the listeners. Watch how you phrase that. <laughs> uh, at, in, in this in this situation, and I'll be totally honest with you guys, uh, my co-hosts and the listeners as well. Um, Deep Space Nine is my second favorite series, and Voyager is 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 not is, is my least favorite series. Honestly, I'll be honest with it, and and, and it's fine. Like we all have our, our rankings, right? But one one thing that Voyager does really really well is this idea that we have to, is that we're in this this unexplored land, but we should take the opportunity to explore it, and I think it does it really really well. Like it's it's actually a constant struggle. Like we could essentially it's it's, it's really culminated in the Gear of Hell storyline, right? And I know this is a weird kind of way to kind of wrap this up, but the year of hell to the journey the, uh, to the journey. Exactly. <laughs> the year of hell storyline is a perfect example of this argument of. And to me, to me, and, and maybe I look at it wrong, but like pinpoint militaristic, we have a goal, we have a mission, we have to do what we have to do to accomplish it versus a sort of more all-encompassing let's let's find a way to 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 be to to learn more and to explore more and to and to do these things and and it is very simplistic i'm not saying that every that you know everybody would just kind of kill these innocent base beings to get home but it's like 
Ransom, uh, Captain Ransom. Equinox is what you're talking about. Equinox, right? Year of Hell. Yeah, you said oh, Year of I'm Hell. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so Captain... It's his least favorite series. It's not expected <laughs> to know the titles. So yeah, okay, I'm going to read a quote, right? I'm going to read a quote because Darren and I talked about this. And we talked this about... This is from Zephyr and Cochran. I'm going It's not. It's <laughs> well, actually from... <laughs> when he shot that Vulcan. <laughs> it's from uh, Encounter of Farpoint. And Picard says, that nonsense is centuries behind us. To which Q responds, but you can't deny, Captain, that you are still a dangerous, savage child race. Most certainly I deny it. I agree we still were when humans wore costumes like that 400 years ago. And then, of course, Q says, at which time you slaughtered millions in silly arguments about how to divide the resources of your little world. And 400 years before that, you were murdering each other in quarrels over tribal god images. Since then, there has been no indications that humans will change. And that's the whole point of Encounter at Farpoint. There are indications. And Starfleet is a prime example of that. And yeah, I will argue with anybody against this point. Because I feel very strong. This is what draws me to Star Trek. This is, this is why I'm a blue shirt. This is why I love science uh, this is why I love Who Watches the Watchers. This is why I love these kinds of episodes because I love rationality and I love um, peacefulness and, and di- diplomacy. And I'm not saying, like, look, my co-host Philip is in the army. I'm not saying anything negative about the military. I'm not saying anything negative about, but it's about what is your goal, right? What is Star Trek's goal? And I think Star Trek The Next Generation's goal is to move us forward. And yeah, let's be, let's be more NASA than Army. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's insensitive or, or wrong of me to say. But that, to me, that makes more sense. Well, Daniel hating America is not the <laughs> only... No, I'm kidding. No, but, but it, 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 it is well said. And it's been fun talking about this sort of fun fan. But it's a fun. I, mean, I don't think you know, anyone should take it too seriously when arguing because it's just a fun debate to have intellectual exercise but it's been fun talking about whether starfleet is military or exploration and how right daniel is but that's not the only thing thank goodness that we've been talking about this week here on the network here's a look at what else you may have missed this week on trek.fm previously on trek.fm standard orbit they just happen to come at just the right time. Right, or just, just the, wrong the right time. time for it to be dangerous. Like literally, like not even like that day, but like like two minutes before <laughs> this happens. The ready room. Here's one more thing I want to throw out here for you guys. Recasting this episode, because I know you guys like to do this on To the Journey with things, with mm-hmm. series and such. I think that Ma'ab should be played by Will Ferrell. To the journey! Bravo to the holodeck. Bravo to the holodeck. Bravo to science! Yes, for coming to the truth. Commentary, Trek stars. It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, commentary, Trek stars. We can say that's, you see, it's a commentary on Trek star. No, it's because our other show is called Commentary Trek stars, okay? And we were being cute. The 602 Club. I had a real fear when they first introduced that character that um, she was going to be the the opposite of what you had just described, Matthew, that that she would be too young for Bond, that she would be a little wet behind the ears, that, that, it, that we were going to fall back into all these cliches that I thought we had just broken by having uh, the Monica Belushi character there. But I was so relieved that they constructed somebody who had a lot of depth. Women at Warp. So we went in and pitched, and I have to say that was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I have scrubbed in on brain surgery. It did not frighten me as much as go as waiting outside Gene Roddenberry's office getting ready to go in and pitch to him. Meta Trex. That would have just been a grand moment if, uh, you know, George Takei would have played Tuvix, you know, and, and when the transporter accident happens, he's standing there in those colorful clothes and just says, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. 
visit the trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trek.fm today. All right, Darren. Um, when you're not too busy figuring out how to fight wars in the stars, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi, that's D-R-S-C-I-F-I, or they can go to my website, which is DrSciFi.com, where they see me dressing up as a stormtrooper from the War of the Stars. And Daniel, if people, if you want to tell people why war should be fought in the stars and not, you know, dog fighting on a sandy planet, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter as well. Uh, my handle there is one up Dan. That's the number one, not the word. And if people want to ask me why I love America more than Daniel, they can find <laughs> me on Twitter, where my handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for National Courageousness. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, um, you know this. It's been fun talking about this. Um, I have to go, uh, you know, put on my Starfleet uniform. You know, it's my one week in a month in the Starfleet reserves. Um, so uh, it'll be fun. I, I think we're just going to be um, playing some Connect Four or something. I don't know. It's 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 always some three dimensional chess. We it's not, it's not really that. Taxing. Human play dumb John. <laughs> so until next week, make it so. Live long and prosper. End game. Fire. Fire.